What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Pivot with Purpose, a podcast that highlights the unique stories of professionals that pivoted their careers to align with their work lives and personal lives more purposefully and with more joy. Pivot with Purpose is hosted by Megan Hull, a globally accredited career and business coach and creator of the Megan Hull Method. Welcome back to the Pivot with Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hull, and in this episode, we talk to Kelly Dunn, Senior Manager of U.S. Merchandising for Basketball, Fashion, and Kids at Reebok USA. Thank you for listening to Pivot with Purpose with host Megan Hull. You can find out more information about each guest, including full transcripts at pivotwithpurposepodcast.com. And if you'd like to share your own Pivot with Purpose, click on the share button and add your story to the conversation. Finally, be sure to subscribe and share your comments wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Your support amplifies our voice. And now, this week's episode. Kelly went to Northeastern University in Boston and graduated in 2015 with a degree in marketing. At Northeastern, she played varsity field hockey and got to experience trips to the CAA finals in Sweet 16. Kelly started working for Reebok in 2014 as an intern in footwear product marketing and moved full-time after graduation to product marketing apparel team. For the past seven years, she has worked on various apparel categories, genders, and ranges, such as training, commercial, collaborations, and most recently, women's product manager for the Classics Lifestyle and Cardi B Apparel. Kelly Dunn, welcome to the Pivot with Purpose podcast. How are you doing today, my friend? Thank you so much. I'm doing amazing. I'm so excited to be here. Yes. And I believe you just came on vacation. So I give you props for throwing yourself back into work, back into a podcast conversation, jumping right back into the swing of things. So are you feeling relaxed and rejuvenated? Oh my gosh. What a little sun will do for you in the middle of January, let me tell you. Definitely feel refreshed back to really hit next year really hard. Well, thank you for taking the time. I'm very much looking forward to our conversation, knowing that you've been a tenured and have had this incredible career in retail with well-known fitness brand and lots of pivots to get into. I'm really looking forward to diving into your story. So are you ready? Ready to jump in and tell us all about you? Of course. So ready. (laughs) Yeah. So to kick off, what are you up to these days? I always love sharing where our guests are at, even though I do an introduction, sing a little bit of where you are right now, and then we can jump into the pivot. So share with us your current role, title, what are you leading, where are you working? Yeah, so right now, as of, I think, early summer, I moved apartments. Right now, I'm the senior manager of U.S. merchandising for Reebok. We're out of Boston, so... I sit at the headquarters in the seaport, and right now I'm covering fashion, collabs, basketball, and footwear. So exciting. Things are changing. I'm not sure if you've heard, but Reebok was just bought. We were sold by Adidas and bought by a new company this year. So there's a lot of fun things coming on in the future. Ooh, exciting. Mm -hmm. Can't wait to dive into (laughs) that. Well, tell us as we get to know more about you early on in your career. 
How did you get into the merchandising side of the business? Did you always have a passion for product? Is that where you started? Tell us some early highlights. Yeah, exactly. Growing up, I was always surrounded by sports, super heavily involved all the way through college where I played field hockey. And then that's really where Reebok came into play. I knew I wanted to do something I was passionate about, product specifically. So that's where I really decided to find a company in the sportswear industry that I felt like would align with my passions, my beliefs, and just kind of how my morals of how I grew up with sports and teamwork. So I started in product marketing. I worked there for probably about seven-ish years, specifically on building products, footwear, apparel. And then most recently, where my pivot came in is where I completely jumped departments from more of a product creation standpoint into more merchandising, specifically working with accounts like a Journeys, Tilly's, PacSun, which I've always loved merchandising, but product is at the forefront of, you know, who I am. So it goes in really nicely together, my new pivot. I can't wait to dive into that further. And yes, getting to know you a bit before we get to some big pivot moments. I heard and read that you were a bit of an athlete. I would not call myself an athlete. However, I did play sports in high school. Do you think playing on a sports team helped to shape you as a career professional and why? What life lessons did you take away from being on a team? I honestly think it's so important. If I had kids, I'd absolutely force them to play sports. Yeah, um, what did you take away? How did it shape you? Totally. I think that Teamwork, first and foremost, how you work with people, how you communicate with people. It's different and everyone plays a different role, whether that's in your career or just on a sports team. So definitely team sports help shape who I am, my morals, how I work with other people or how I lead a team Mm -hmm. in my career at Reebok, Mm -hmm. for sure. And I just think it's funny because I always thought, like, what's life after Philaki? I went all the way from middle school to high school to college. Just it was my job. It was all day, every day. And I took it very seriously. And being able to translate that into a career and kind of think of it as a sport and a team and your boss is the coach. And it made it more manageable, especially the shift between high school, college to then like a real professional career. Yeah. Did you get into Reebok right after college? What was that first job? Yeah. So actually, um, if you're familiar, Northeastern does have a co-op program. It's Mm -hmm. a five-year school. You do four years of schooling and then you do two six-month internships. So they have a big partnerships with a lot of, you know, everything from nursing, you know, hospitals to, you know, Reebok, Wayfair type of companies. So you apply just like a regular job. Then you get selected and you do an internship. So I did my second internship, I think it was in 2012, on footwear as a product marketer. So, you know, I knew I wanted to do marketing, but I had no idea, you know, what the creation of garments or, you know, footwear even consisted of. So that allowed me to get my foot in the door, that internship. And from there, um, right after I got hired full time, I just, you know, kept on through the summer and just kind of, you know, networking is huge, you know, keeping in touch with people that you worked with so that when I was ready and I could fully commit to a full time job, it was an easy entry point. Yeah, I love that about Northeastern. I feel like there are a few other schools that do that. I think internships are so smart. Oh, it's it- really having real work experience. I mean, sure, when we gr- when we're growing up, we kind of have these like side jobs. Mm-hmm. Some do, some of us don't, you know, because you're in sports or like super focused on school, totally fine. But to know what it's like at a young age, to work around professionals, starting to get that lingo down, just like feeling comfortable in the setting. 
it's so nice to feel like you can emerge yourself in there versus like being thrown into like the lion's den. Oh, yeah. Of your first day, you know, that massive imposter syndrome comes. You're like, what am I even doing? And then plus, I feel like after college to get into whatever quote unquote, like real job, it takes a second to be like, how do I navigate even myself mm-hmm. from my, my a different schedule that you have in college? And now maybe you are working an eight to five, nine to five and showing up in a different way. So totally. I love that. Yeah. And I yeah. think it kind of gave me those two jobs before my actual, like, you know, they're on my resume. They were experience-based six months, but it allows you, you know, to, to test the waters and to try something. The first one I did was just at a basketball company. It was in operations. And, you know, you read a job description and then you go do the job and you're like, you know, is this me? Can I see myself doing this for the rest of my life? And it allows you some space to grow, get comfortable, and then you know, kind of check of like, oh, is this the path I want to go down? And then you have another opportunity. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was really lucky that the first one I was like, mm, I like it, but is this what I can do for the next, you know, 30, 40 years? And then I was able to transition to Reebok. And that's just when I knew um, the company, the people, and then, you know, what they stand for all just made sense. Well, that's so great to hear. And you do, you feel it in your gut. And I was just talking to someone the other day about being young, professional, and not having it figured out. And we put so much stress on ourselves and our future. And I'm like, just try all the jobs. It's okay. At 22, 25, you don't have to have it all figured out. But I know some of us are so hard on ourselves. And it's just like, give yourself time to learn. And I think with that clarity comes that path where you find your passions. You're like, okay, this is kind of what I meant to do. And you jump totally. in. So I love that. Yeah. Was there a pivotal moment in your career that really changed your trajectory? Yeah, I would say not necessarily something happened at work, but I would say in my life Mm -hmm. while I was, you know, especially like the first two years trying to, you know, like you said, imposter syndrome, trying to figuring it out, trying to get comfortable with, you know, this adult life that you're living post-college. But unfortunately, in 2017, my mom passed away from pancreatic cancer. It was super fast. It was super unexpected. And I think that outside of work, kind of changed my whole perspective and my reevaluating on like, you know, we have one life to live. You're not guaranteed the next day. And like, you got to do what you love and you got to do what what's important to you. And you spend so much time at work away from, you know, your family members, your friends that like in order to devote and to be happy, you know, there you really have to, you know, understand like what works for you, how you want to move forward. So I think That was a time, you know, it's two years into Reebok. I was still like a coordinator. I was like the lowest entry level possible, you know, doing coordinator tasks. I wasn't managing anything. I was working on commercial core entry product. And that's where I really took a step back. And after it happened, just being like, you know, what am I doing? What do I want to do for my whole life? Because, you know, I can't be miserable because of my personal life forever. I can't live like this. So that's when I, you know, and then eventually COVID hit and I just head down and was like, you know, I love Reebok. I love sports, but what's going to make me feel fulfilled at the end of the day? So that was the clicking point instead of like going with the flow and just being happy. I got into the company of like, how can I make a change and how can I, you know, find happiness, you know, in my nine to five and in my career and, and really make it something that changes people's lives, whether it's product or, you know, allowing people have voices through campaigns or things like that. Yeah. Well, that's so powerful. And thank you for sharing that. And so sorry to hear that what you are still very young age, Mm -hmm. like to lose a parent, it's super tough for sure at any age, but to take something and then to see 
maybe a positive way forward to mm-hmm. it and, and not get stuck in some tough, tough moments, but really saying, okay, like I'm going to wake up every day and make every moment of yeah. my life count, which is so important. So good for you. And I feel like at times also too, we are all, we're, are so hung up on our letting our careers define mm-hmm. us. And a lot of people I work with struggle with this a lot too, where we need to know how to stand up on our own two feet and share what makes us special humans outside of work. Yeah. <laughs> Asking ourselves like, who am I when I'm not at work? Yeah. How am I showing up? So many people struggle to define themselves outside of a work role. So what struggles did you have early on in your career that you had to overcome to move on yeah. with your life? Maybe beyond. Well, I know you no. just mentioned a big one. But. Um, <laughs> I would say, and I think that too, like I've always been like a team player. I've always been more, you know, of a yes girl. Like, you know, I'm always down for the team. I'm always, you know, solution oriented, which is amazing. But I think in my early career, it was, you know, I would do everything and anything. Like I wanted to work at Reebok. I didn't care if I was the janitor, you know, like I would find a way and get my way up. And I think, you know, for the first two years, I was very, um, I kind of just went with the flow, did what anyone wanted me to. And I didn't feel like I had much of a voice. And I think that's when it turned where I was like, listen, I'm here to make an impact. And, you know, I feel confident in myself and what I've been learning that this is the right way. And that's when I really started almost putting my foot down and saying, listen, I'm willing to do, you know, challenging projects, but able to kind of carve my own path and not let others like kind of step on over me to tell me what Mm -hmm. I should be doing or where I should be going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then in terms of outside of work, are you still heavily involved in fitness and all the things? Do you feel like you're kind of still in alignment? Yeah. I mean, where you can have a separation. I would say not still doing to the things. extent yeah. that I was in college, yeah. which is, it's so interesting. Yeah. I mean, fitness journeys are, you know, everyone has a different one. And Everybody. I think it's really yeah. hard to stay consistent over your whole life. Like, you know, after sports, I took a different approach where I wasn't, you know, I was going to like boxing classes and I was doing Pilates. So I was able to tap into other things. And I was able to figure out how to make fitness fun. Like I think my whole life, it was always, you know, when you're playing sports and you have to run, it's a punishment, you know, right. they use yeah. it as, you know, it's not always positive. But outside right. of that, when you kind of take this competitiveness and the actual sport out of it, it's like, you know, how do I go to the gym every day and, you know, want to work out and want to feel better. And I think reeling it in and reeling it back, just allowing myself to kind of do what I wanted to take some group classes and not focus on the calories or the miles or, you know, the time really allowed to reset my mind and open it into a whole nother level of fitness that's definitely more sustainable than it was in my early 20s. Being in training mode. Yeah. Yep. And God bless our early years. (laughs) But yeah, definitely not the same way our body works. Totally. You know, 20 plus years. I look later. back, I'm like, um, oh my. I, yeah. When I started right after Damn. college, I went right into CrossFit. And like, that was amazing. I loved it. Oh, but like, gosh. I was yeah. still on that level of go, go, go. And now back yeah. in, you know, I'm yoga and Pilates. And I love it. I love it each, each way. It's unique. So it's great. Yeah. Definitely. Was there a moment in your career that you messed up and had to really learn a hard lesson because of that? I always love to, this is such a good self-awareness question, questions I asked in an interview a lot of like, what happened? How did you handle it? But I think it's important too to know it's not always smooth sailing out yeah. when we're not perfect. None of us are, but anything that sit with you for a lesson that you've learned or something you've learned the hard way, you can give yeah. advice to someone else, maybe listen. I think it's more like, you know, always go with your gut. Like, It's never Mm -hmm. too late to change. And I think I sat on the pivot, like I sat on 
curious saying, hmm, maybe I should try something else or maybe I'd be good at XYZ and expand my horizons. And I, for a few years, even though I knew eventually I would do it, I, I held back because I was comfortable and it's all I knew. And, you know, it's daunting thinking about starting over and not just in a different company, but within a different team and a different department. And you start a lot of self-doubt of, and then like, oh, could I do this job? I don't know, you know, but you know, I, I would always think back to when I first started at Reebok and, and looking where I came, like, I didn't think I'd be able to do all of the things that I've achieved and done and the people I've met and worked on the collaborations. But, you know, you just never know. You always have to shoot for the stars and, and never, never hold back. Uh, I love that. Well, such good advice. So we're going to dig into some big pivots. So I'm going to, in the spirit of this podcast, asking you a yes or no question, I'm going to put you on the spot. We call it our teaser. And then we're going to a quick break. So are you ready? ready? Okay. So yes or no. Do you remember the exact moment you wanted to take a different path in your current company? A hundred percent. Yes. Okay. And with that, we will be going to a quick break and we will pick this up when we get back. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. before the break, you said 100% yes. Yeah. So what did that moment look like? And then tell us about the keys to that successful internal pivot. Share your story. Yeah. So yeah. I think the internal moment was a time where I felt like I was straying from my morals, my beliefs, and how I felt like, you know, I want to run my career and, you know, be an employee at Reebok and or a part of the team. And, you know, there was just a lot of internal craziness with the sale and people changing and people leaving with COVID and everything. And I really started to realize that, you know, I was so happy for so long. I probably went, you know, eight years without, you know, even thinking twice about, you know, trying something new or changing jobs. And I hit this part where I was kind of like, just not, you know, I'm, I'm not getting as the funness anymore. Like it's not as fun. It's not as rewarding. It felt like a job, which it is a job, but you know, for so long I was I was so happy and I loved what I did. It didn't feel like a job. And that's when I knew that I was like, mm -hmm. something's gotta change because, you know, I don't want to do that like this forever. And it's it's there's something else out there for me. So that's when you took that big switch from marketing, right? Yeah. To merchandising. Yes. So how did you do it internally? Because I think it'd be so interesting for our listeners to hear. I think many people like you are sitting in companies where maybe they don't think that there's anything more. As mm -hmm. we were just talking about, you're kind of stuck maybe in a box mm -hmm. because it's just where you are and what you're good at. But if you're not using your voice, 
if you're not speaking up, if maybe your boss doesn't know you want to try something different, no one, no, no one's going to know what you want to do unless you right. tell them. No one can read minds. Well, maybe some people might be, <laughs> but respectfully, no, but you know, so what maybe three things did you do or was there anything that really set out to, to raise your hand and say, hey, I want to try something different? And how did you successfully pivot between those departments? Like, tell yeah. Us a little bit, yeah. yeah. So I think, you know, internally is great because, you know, there's so many other, especially working at a corporate company like Reebok, there's a lot of other, you know, departments and jobs that you just don't even know exist unless, you know, you either work with them or you come across or you kind of network. So I think for me and at Reebok, you know, you have the gym so you can meet people outside of your department or the people that you're having meetings with every day. So I'm definitely big into networking. And, you know, I love making experience or having relationships outside of work with my coworkers because I just think it grounds you and it's better for the team beyond just work, like you said. So that was where I started with my feelers of kind of, you know, I had different people, friends that, you know, worked outside of what I was doing and, you know, just talking to them, you know, whether it's meeting with them over a coffee chat or if it's over the phone, just kind of learning about their experiences, what their day to day looks like, you know, what they like about their job, Mm -hmm. what they don't like about their job. And from there, I was able to start picking up little things of each different department that I thought I would maybe be interested in. And that's how I ended up towards merchandising. There was a lot of similarities, for example, you know, creating product, Mm -hmm. but working with accounts is what I was doing in the past or with partners, you know, Cardi B, things like that where on the flip side of merchandising, you're still doing that. You're working directly with the accounts. So there was some similarities where I felt like my strong suits were, but really mm-hmm. just being able to network and just kind of, you know, talking talking to people and, you know, seeing their personal experiences. Yeah. I love that. And finding mentors yeah. like within your own building. What products have you led within Reebok over your tenure? What have been your favorite? Oh like, Tell us some of the juicy uh, things that you've done. So fun. I mean, <laughs> for me also at the age that I was at too, I felt like I was also the consumer as well to majority. I mean, I had mm-hmm. the best time when I yeah. worked on training apparel, just being able to, you know, create functional leggings, you know, stuff that helps you with your workouts and being someone who was, you know, working out every day and kind of solving those problems. Also, women's apparel is amazing. There's so many different silhouettes and fabrics and colors. It's just, it's so fun. And then I think most recently, my favorites have been when I switched over the classics lifestyle. I mean, COVID caused athleisure to be, you know, you can wear leggings any anywhere. You can wear leggings out, you know. Forefront. Yeah, anywhere. Right. Sweatpants. Yeah, yeah, it's a uniform, you know. Fancy sweatpants. Yes, yes. So <laughs> I loved that just because I then found myself in loungewear all the time. And, you know, it didn't have to be just sweat sets that you're wearing to and from a sport. It's, you know, I wear it all the time. I dress it up, dress it down yeah. type of thing. And then yeah. the collaboration was definitely Cardi B. I, I was a fan before we even signed her. I think we signed her in 2018. Yeah. So I was just waiting for when someone was going to get an apparel brief from Cardi. And of course, I think me knowing that I was a fan before and followed her on, you know, love and hip hop and everything, it came across my desk and it was just, I mean, let me tell you, I have gray hairs from it, but it was so exciting. It was thrilling. It was during COVID. So it was very difficult to, you know, have a third Mm. party to communicate, to touch fabrics and stuff like that, but we made it work. And I will tell everyone, she's she's exactly like she is on Instagram. She's the most authentic partner celebrity that I've ever had an interaction with, which I appreciate. She's totally 100% real. Everything you see on Instagram is exactly what you're getting from her. So that was awesome. 
That's so awesome to hear. And her product is amazing. I was laughing. I mean, I, I received a few pieces. Thank yes. you. Love them. And I'm like, wait, am I hot enough yes, to you wear are. this? Like that. But like, wait, is that ship yeah. sales? But no, it, it, the fits are so amazing. And I'm like, dang. And you feel so good. And they got, you know, you have all these cute cutouts and sports bras. And I don't know if if you're like this, but I feel like when you have a cute outfit, whether you're going to the gym or like a group fitness, it's like you kind of like show up with like a different yes. pep in your stuff, yes. right? And that's so that's a you got to invest in the good of course. things. Everybody. And that's the thing is like there's so with her, she's so unique, and you know she doesn't work out twenty four seven or anything like that. So it was almost like a space between workout like you could work out in it but it was also this like lifestyle like you could go out in it as well and she just her fits her you know she wants everyone to feel you know figure hugging you know everything to be like sucked in but still comfortable and like you said like when you're wearing something whether it's a color or mood or just something you love it gives you a whole nother you know boost of confidence and it kind of comes right out on you like you gotta look good like you say what look good play good or look good feel good play good Mm -hmm. I think you know same story here yeah. Oh, no. And and I'm living and breathing it. And I love like the lifestyle to like kind of like streetwear mm-hmm. and the sneakers. I mean, it's like a full line assortment. Mm-hmm. So are the, the collections still available where people can come shop or yep. is that like a capsule? Yeah. So we did we did yeah. like about probably five or six collections from 20, mm-hmm. 2020, 21 all the way through 22. So we most recently have one up. I think it dropped in November. We have her last collection. So it should have, you know, you've got track suits, super unique track suits to her. You have body suits. There's some mesh jumpsuits out there, leggings with cutouts, like you said, sports bra, bike shorts. So if you haven't taken a look, Reebok.com, and it's a pretty big collection. She's got this amazing purple head to toe color, some beiges in there. And then of course your go-to blacks. So footwear as yeah. well it's all so beautiful. So that's very exciting. Any other memorable career moments for you? Yeah, I feel like, well, I think most recently it is kind of going off of, you know, Cardi, but I did get to meet her Mm -hmm. in July, probably about two years ago when we were finalizing our last collection in person. And, you know, where the meetings being videotaped and recorded, it's like an hour and a half. There was a lot going on. And, you know, Mm -hmm. fast forward to when the drop happened about two months ago, I'm just kind of scrolling through Instagram and I'm clicking on her and I hear my voice and I'm like, but I'm on her, like it's her story. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what is that? And then somehow in the cut of the behind the scenes, like teaser that was for the collection is my voice pointing and talking about, you know, the fabrics and the fits and the ruching. So that was just exciting for me because I think everything on product creation is always done behind the scenes and then, you know, it gets passed on to marketing. But to see just that little clip of me and, you know, that was in my old job is something that, you know, I'll remember forever. I'll have it forever and I'll probably play it for my kids someday. So yes, (laughs) you're like, look, mom made it. Or like mom was Uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. My sister texted me. She's like, oh my God, like I'm I hear your voice. And I was like, yeah, I am. I'm like, I have no idea, but here we go. Yeah. Like that's me. I love that. That was exciting. So freaking cool. Yes. You're, you're just like stacking it up all your performance over the years. (laughs) So love it. You, you better have a big old career coach. I don't know if I could top that. That was like, right. You know, top 10 for me. Yeah. Maybe number one, but (laughs) we'll see. Yes. That's awesome. Awesome. Well, is there anyone that someone has said to you that's really stuck with you throughout your career or life? Maybe some good advice. What's really 
stuck with you? Yeah, I think something like once, you know, you can love what you do, but once you feel like you're not growing or you're not learning and you kind of feel stagnant, that's when you really have to look at yourself and and see, you know, what else you can do. Because I think for me, there was a time where I hit that, you know, I could do everything with my eyes closed. You know, I was just, I was very stagnant and I just didn't mm-hmm. feel like I was learning or challenging myself. And that's where it became more tedious, where the second you're not learning or you're not getting, you know, growth from the job that, you know, you're doing, it's, it's time to move on. So. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's your journey from intern to getting into the company, starting within marketing and then spending what you said almost like seven years, yeah. right? In that role. Yeah. And then starting to like raise your voice and, and network with some of your other partners and cross-functional partners to now being in merchandising. So yeah, we should always be learn, learning and always feel challenged. And you're right. Like I think a part where you're feeling stuck and maybe there's no growth or you kind of are in this like negative toxic environment Mm -hmm. where your mental health is starting to really decline, Mm -hmm. you know, it's time to try something else. And it seems like you've had great success navigating internally. But, you know, for some listening in, that's not always the case. And it seems like you guys have a really great group over with Reebok. And I know there's been lots of changes, but maybe for somebody like in a corporate environment or even a startup that toxic or negative or dealing with difficult people, mm-hmm. what advice would you give to them? I'm sure not everyone's perfect all the time in terms of dealing with coworkers, but how have you navigated difficult people? Have you navigated unfavorable working environments or has it been smooth sailing? Like, Yeah, said? I mean, you know, yeah, I won't say it's been smooth sailing for the last seven years. I'm yeah. sure there, you know, there's been bumps in the road. I think well, for well. me, the best thing that I've done is, you know, trying to have a relationship with someone beyond, you know, your working relationship. I think if you can, you know, you don't have to be best friends with them, but if you can understand them and speak to them about their personal life and things that are happening outside, it just gets you on a better level to have hard conversations or difficult conversations with each other. If you both know where you guys stand as, you know, respect and as humans and, you know, everyone's for the most part should be going for the same task. So I think getting that and, and Reebok it, you know, it's a bunch of different you know, ages, backgrounds. So mm-hmm. being able to pull people in from my team have that all have different expertise and just allow everyone to kind of have a seat at the table, I think also helped and make them feel like they can speak and have a seat and they're comfortable, I think has definitely been yeah. something that I feel like I have the most success with working with others and collaborating with others because everyone's so different. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. Well, it's such, it's such great advice. And I think communication and anything is so crucial and it's key. It's key for someone to not feel attacked. I always say nothing should ever come as a surprise. Mm-hmm. So if someone's getting either a performance review or there's major issues, if there's something that needs to be addressed, you need to do it on the spot and be able to say, hey, this isn't working out or when you try this differently, because I then think like the commitment to improve or change is there immediately versus like, Someone who, you know, may mess up and then like four weeks later, you're like, hey, remember that time <laughs> when you didn't do that right? And they're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> you know, words of advice are so great. But yeah, have communication, open communication, understand where people are coming from totally. on both sides. And it's great that you've been, you know, through the highs and lows of any company really in, in good positions. And it seems like it is a great positive work environment. You seem so positive and wonderful to work with. I mean, after this podcast, I've you'll probably be getting like resumes sending left and right. Like, Kelly, are you hiring? 
Um, so we'll see how that goes. But what are you excited about looking into the future? Wow, what's next? Honestly, I feel like the it's the unknown. And, and I think that's what's exciting mm-hmm. for me now. Like, I think I hit I hit a yep. level over there where I, I knew what I was expecting in my old job. I, I knew what was next. And I mm-hmm. like that I don't know what's next, especially in the, the things I work in now. So footwear, I was definitely more of an apparel expert. Now I'm working in footwear, you know, do everything from basketball to kids. So, you know, the future for Reebok is very bright. We have, you know, now that we're not working under Adidas anymore, we're going to get back into sport. Oh, and okay. that for me yeah. is, you know, we've been doing a lot of retro, which means like Iverson and things that we did in the 80s and the 90s before Adidas. Oh, so good. Yeah. yeah. So we have all of that, but but us actually diving back into sport and like actual athletics is going to be, I'm super excited about that. So totally unknown, but I know we're hitting it heavy in the next few years. So I'm sure that's going to take me on a whirlwind of new opportunities, new accounts, and just new visibility. I think with Reebok, it's a brand that's always been around, but we kind of went under the radar a little bit. Um, you know, Nike, Adidas kind of yeah. climbing the last 20 years. So it's exciting for me to kind of be a, you know, more at the bottom and kind of break through these like, you know, big guns up top. Yeah. Well, I have to tell you, I feel like my first like fancy, I made it pair of sneakers was like, this is like 80s, like early, I would say me in like kindergarten or first, second grade. I just remember being middle school and there was like one very fancy girl in my middle school that had like the whitest like Reebok high tops. And I I feel like they're back I was gonna now, say the, the ones with the like freestyle. the freestyle. Vel- yeah. Yeah. Yes. And I remember I got like the light pink pair and I, I thought it was like the president of the United States. I'm like, nobody <laughs> can touch me with these sneakers. We're going to have so, to get you a nostalgic pair of those. Can, can we yes. just bring those back so I, I can, we'll post on Insta. Yes. I'll be like, here's my new sneaks. But I love that. I love it. Like bringing back to the roots of the totally. brand where I feel like a lot of companies have embraced their history and heritage. And I know sometimes it's tough when you maybe get sucked into a conglomerate or being under a big umbrella and the narrative changed a little bit because, you know, it is what it is and the people leading, but that's super cool to hear. You sound super jazzed and enthused. So I can't wait to see all the things coming and I know we'll be staying in close contact. And yeah, any advice for our listeners out there that are really looking to maybe pivot careers or pivot with purpose right now, what advice would you give to somebody before I let you Yeah, I mean, I would just say, you know, anything's possible. Never give up. And I think the more, not research, but reaching out to people, whether it's through LinkedIn or, you know, a friend of a friend, like, you know, there's plenty of people in the industry that would be more than happy, myself included, to, you know, um, give you a little more insight on something that you're maybe willing to take a risk on or an opportunity or a department that you just don't know much about. So, but to never be afraid to network and reach out. It can only do good things for you or get you in touch with, you know, other people or maybe just learning more about the company or the role in general to see if that's really what you want to do. But it's never too late. Well, thank you for sharing. And I saw a post on Insta where they were highlighting all these incredible designers and people where a lot of these designers that we feel like have been around forever really didn't get started till the late 30s, early 40s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anything's possible. You can pivot at any time. Try all the jobs. Talk to your internal company if there's something you want to do. I mean, there's so many nuggets here. So thank you, Kelly, for all this incredible advice and for sharing your story. And before I really let you go, I love to ask these little fun personal questions. What's something that we, someone may not know about you, a hidden talent, advice, like sp- spread some like secret um, <laughs> of Kelly? What's something that, that 
You don't tell a lot of people often. I'm trying to, well, so I have a twin sister, which people, most people know. Some people don't. And I think when they see us, they get, if they see us separately and it's like my work friends or something, they won't have a clue. But when we were growing up, we all, like, we used to switch classes. We used to do- Would you trick people? Oh, yeah. Oh, my god! All the time. Classes, homework, (laughs) like- we just divide and conquered. In college, we went to different colleges. That didn't that didn't work out well. God, yeah, but we definitely, you know, if someone calls me Marissa and I know they don't know, I just pretend. I'm like, Hi, right. how like, are yeah. you? You know, just because it's, you know, yeah. it's one of those conversations where it's like, if you don't know they have a twin, you don't know, you know? And sometimes right. it's pa- passing and it's instead of stopping them and say, oh no, I'm not who you think I am. I just, I just go with it. It's gotten right. me in trouble like, yep. a few times, but you know, it's still been worth it. <laughs> We'll save that for a different yes. podcast. <laughs> How can our listeners find you, Kelly? Engage with you? Yes. Like, what's the best way to reach out? Like, also follow all the things that you're doing, like, work-wise. For sure. So I'd say definitely add me on LinkedIn, Kelly Dunn, K-E-L-L-Y-D-U-N-N. Um, add me on there. I'd be happy to, you know, network, to chat, give you any insights if you're interested in Reebok, kind of who to mm-hmm. contact, any HR contacts. And then on Instagram, I'm probably, that's probably the second social media I'm more, you know, on, which would be Kelly Dunn 19. So K-E-L-L-Y-D-U-N-N 19. Awesome. Well, that's so generous. And I will definitely link all of that. So like I said, you may get a nice little influx of LinkedIn connections and very generous for you to offer time or a network contact. I know there's a lot of people that listen locally in Boston, but really all around the globe. So for anyone, please link up with Kelly. Kelly, you are such a powerhouse and an incredible professional and inspirational leader. Thank you for taking the time to share all your amazing pivots and successes. And I'm so excited to see what the future holds for you and the many ways, you know, we can keep supporting each other in our various ventures. So get into Kelly's LinkedIn, follow her and her Reebok <laughs> adventures. And I am sure I'll be seeing you real soon, my friend. Keep shining. Amazing. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Pib with Purpose. If you love this episode, please be sure to share it with your network. Leave us a review and a five-star rating. If you are enjoying these pivot conversations and want to keep the personal development going, as an executive recruiter and master career and clarity coach, Join my community and be the first to have access to all of my content to set you up for success in whatever stage you are in career-wise and get some inspiration. Be the first to know about local and virtual events I'll be hosting as well, so maybe you can join me in person soon. Head over to www.meganhool.com slash community or click the link in the show notes to get on the list. Pivot with Purpose with host Megan Hool is a Fashion Consort production and part of the FC Podcast Network. It is produced and directed by Phil, a.k.a. Corinne. And a special thank you to Spencer Powell for our theme music. Learn more at pivotwithpurposepodcast.com and be sure to follow us on Instagram at pivotwithpurpose underscore podcast.